Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baker, number 15, Adam Wainwright. Uh, I was sitting on the bench two pitches before somebody flashed a we want to see Wayno hit sign and put the pressure on Ollie, and so Ollie made it happen for me. I really appreciated that. But, hey, thanks to whoever put that sign up. That was awesome. It was amazing. It was a special week for me. Um, these last three games, the fans and the team, I mean, they just did an unbelievable job. I feel beyond blessed, and I don't feel like I'm deserving of any of that. I'm probably going to go home and not look at myself in the mirror for the next two weeks. But uh, this is three amazing days I'll never, ever forget. And I love our fans, and I love our organization. It's a special time. I'm glad we got to be a part of it together. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. You heard Adam Wainwright. It was Wayno weekend at Bush Stadium. His his moments, some of his moments uh, from from over the weekend. But I want to hear from you guys. Anybody that was there, anybody that stuck around to hear him serenade you afterwards mm. after after the one game. Uh, were you there when he took the at bat? Were you there when Which he spoke? One? Which one? Yeah. Were you there for the first one? Were you there for the last one? What What do you What did What did you appreciate about the weekend? If you were there, text in to the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. Maybe if you want to hit us up on the YouTube channel at 101 ESPN, that's brought to you by the Air Alliance team. What What did you, what was your favorite moment of the weekend if you had to have an opportunity to go out to Bush Stadium and kind of take take it all in? Or even if you didn't, what was your favorite weekend uh, watching from your couch? What was yours, Anthony? I mean, honestly, just Adam Wainwright getting his moment. Which one? Uh, just his, just his weekend, just oh, his the moment. Whole thing. Yes, he that's got kind of lame. You should have one thing, though. I, but, oh, I just liked all of it. No, no, come on. There's something that you liked more than. Something. No, I'm gonna stick. Listen, I'm gonna stick with my answer. I'm gonna stick with my answer because that's how I feel. Okay. Adam Wainwright having an opportunity to have a weekend that was just it was it was really just all about Adam Wainwright because the team unfortunately why would you wasn't say that, Anthony? For anything. Well, the team wasn't fighting for anything, Jamie. <laughs> This lineup is constructed by, you know, uh, guys that a lot of guys that won't be on the roster next year. Let's be honest. And it was it was an opportunity for the Cardinals to thank a within their organization, a living, le- a living legend. Albert and Yachty had their moments last year. Wayno came back because he thought he still had plenty left in the tank. He I, I would think he want, he he says it wasn't about coming back for 200. I don't think that was the sole reason, but I think that was a nice cherry on top. So the final moment that he pitches, 200 wins, and then he has an opportunity to thank the fan base and the fan base to return the favor. I don't think there was one thing that necessarily stood out. I just think the weekend, by and large, was great because this is a player that a lot of our audience, Jamie, watch from start to finish. If you were a Cardinals fan from, you know, 06 until now, you saw Adam Wainwright's entire career. You probably read about the trade that brought Adam Wainwright here, so I think that's that's kind of special too. We, you, you and I never had an opportunity to watch Stan Musial play. 
we didn't have an opportunity to to watch all of Bob Gibson's performance. I, I know there's some listeners that have, but for for me, I saw Adam Wainwright's entire career. For you, same deal, and I know a lot of listeners do. So the fact that he had an opportunity to again thank the listeners or thank the the, the Cardinals fans and the Cardinals fans to show appreciation for him, I thought I thought it was special. Yeah, it was great. I mean, let's be honest here. He spends his entire his entire career as a major leaguer here with the St. Louis Cardinals and. He's done a lot, so much for the community. Uh, Big League Impact continues to do so many great things. And look, Wayno's an icon here. And why not recognize it? I don't know if the original plan from the Cardinals was a whole Wayno's weekend uh, or if that plan ended up being a pivot because the season was so bad and they decided to celebrate the last series, really, against the Reds with it being, you know, Wayno's weekend. Yeah. Either way, I did not get down to the ballpark, but when I'm watching it, looking at most people, it's almost like they had kind of forgotten about how bad the season was and took the moment to really appreciate everything that Adam Wainwright has been Mm -hmm. and done as a Cardinal. So I thought it was great. Honestly, even the performance and all that, like anybody who listens knows I was like skeptical of Waino doing his singing and whatnot. At the end of the day, it was... It was fine. It was good. He enjoyed it. Why not celebrate it? Yeah. You know, people is something unique for people to get a chance to see, and obviously something unique for Wayno to perform in front of so many people and and do his thing and show off some of his other passions. And the one thing that I think got the most attention, at least in my household, was the puppy. The puppy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As soon as that Wayno got a puppy, you know, the kids and yeah. Ashley and everybody's like, ah, the puppy. Yeah. So. I thought it was great, man. Yachty Albert being there, Carp, Carp, all yep. those people. Izzy, that big donkey was oh, yeah. hanging out down there Scott too. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland says a lot about the individual when you have that kind of a turnout. No question. We got a text from the six one eight. Was there on Sunday? Biggest thing I noticed and and enjoyed was seeing a big smile on Wayno's face the whole time. He seems happy and satisfied with his career, even though this year obviously didn't go the way he wanted. Happy retirement to him. Well deserved. He, uh, he, and Tony too. Let's not. You know, we we would be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, Tony was there as well in yep. attendance, which was great. Uh, you know, I don't think that Wayno has any regrets either. I don't think he should. I don't think he should have. Any any regrets about even coming back this year, despite the fact that it didn't go well? I've always said this about any athlete, not just Adam Wainwright. Once you decide, and Jamie, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a guy that died on the ice or else otherwise it, you'd still be playing, I'm sure. I'd be and covering it, Yager right now. Over yeah, you Czech would. League. You certainly would as <laughs> Yager tries to earn that 3,000 game. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's up to you. When Jerry Rice was bouncing around from Seattle to uh, Oakland and everything, Jerry Rice has got to retire. Don't tell Jerry Rice when to retire. If he yeah. fe- if he still feels like he has more to give to the game, even if he's just a fourth wide receiver on a team, keep playing because once you're done, that's it. You can't go yeah, you, back. You can't go back. So, I mean, I'd kind of tell that to, to college kids too. It's like Billy Madison, you know. <laughs> Stay here. Uh, to me, if you can, great. Keep playing. He wanted to come back and he wanted to keep playing. I'm not going to do the hindsight thing and say, well, you should have retired because this year stunk. He wouldn't have got the 200 wins. He wouldn't have had this moment. And maybe he Don't wouldn't have been back. like, if he wasn't ready, he wasn't ready, man. Right. Like, I'm sorry. And he wasn't. 
It's easy for outsiders to say, oh, well, I would have just retired. Right, look at all the money I got. Yeah, that's Guess not you. What? Guess what? The money stopped really mattering for Wayno a number of years ago. He already had enough money to pay the bills. He had enough money to put the kids through college, and he was going to be fine. Yeah. Now, the money's nice. It's a direct reflection of what your value is in that sport. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Wayno wanted to continue to be paid accordingly, but that wasn't the sole motivator for Adam Wainwright. The motivator yeah. is being out there on the bump. One thing I can tell you that I still struggle with almost on a daily basis is operating in a normal life without the adrenaline rush of mm. the competition. Where else can you get that? Seriously. Like yeah. when you're performing live in front of 20,000 if it's the Blues or 40,000 if you're the Cardinals, you versus another person, everybody's watching, they're breaking it down. Like, there's a rush that comes from that. So yeah. for Wayno, the one-on-one rush with the batter, like the unknown is always there. And then when you strike a guy out, it's like you're like the like gladiator, like the arms out, like, are you not entertained? Like that rush. And this so, is not why you're here. Like for me, that rush of battling with a guy, yeah. either crushing a guy or, you know, winning a fight or whatever it is, it's like this something you can't duplicate Mm -hmm. you can't like i can't walk around walmart clipping people in the heels get into a scrap and celebrate i mean you could but jamie it's highly frowned upon highly frowned upon those greeters are very nice but they'll put you down if they have to yeah they will so but that's the thing so getting back to my original point is it's easy to say oh i would have retired but how do you feed i call it the animal how do you feed the animal inside Mm -hmm. you how do you do it and honestly, it's a little bit of a dark side of it. There's a lot of guys. A lot of people struggle. With a that. lot of yeah. guys struggle with that. And sure. They look to feed the animal in, in the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay. So for Wayno to just keep going and to keep playing is because the animal wasn't full yet. I think the animal's full now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Wayno looked back after this weekend and was like, "I'm good. I'm good. I got the last cheer. I got the ovation. I got my weekend. I got my boys that came out and see me. Yadi, Albert, yeah. you know, all these other guys. I can go now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can walk out of here now. Right." And so he's very fortunate in that way that he got to decide that he got to fill up the animal to couldn't eat anymore and then kind of walk off. Now, he'll still feed the animal, but in a different way. Now he's going to go do broadcasting. Apparently, he's been announced to be in the Astros series, whatever, already in the booth. Yeah, right away. And I can tell you what, that's a different form of feeding the animal because there's a certain adrenaline that goes with that. But nonetheless, Wayno had his weekend. It was great, and I'm glad that he is completely satisfied with his decision to walk away. Well said. 212, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. If you want to leave us a mic drop about Wayno, great, or your experience from his career or this weekend, fantastic. You can leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. We also are going to take mic drops on Ollie Marmel. If you did not hear... Or read what Ali said over the weekend. We're wondering if there's a small part of you that said, all right, you know what? You won me back a a little bit. Just a tad. We'll tell you what he said. And then again, we'll take your mic mic drops. Ali Marmel and thoughts on this season and some pretty blunt thoughts next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, there's a lot more than that. You'll reflect back and figure out 
things that you want to make adjustments to, but more so just the young guys listening to that crowd and reminding them that this is what it sounds like every night here. This is what it should feel like every night here when we do our jobs more than anything because it was a, you can feel it and you miss that. That was Cardinals manager Ollie Marmel post-game yesterday talking about wanting to get back. Young guys tell, reminding them, hey, we want to be, we want to be back in, in a winning way next season. If you missed what Ollie said pre-game yesterday, this, is, this was interesting. The amount of people outside the gates this morning, it's incredible, Marmel said ahead of Sunday's finale. And it reminds you, fix it. This city deserves a good product on that field. There's a big responsibility when he cannot repeat what happened this year. They're deserving of a lot more than that. The fact that they continue to show up and still support the club means a lot. Now it's on us to make it right. 2024 starts as soon as this game is over. The players are furious and embarrassed as to what happened this year and in no way, no way ever want to repeat it. That goes for myself and every player that will be returning. I look forward to this offseason. It'll be important and we can't mess it up. I want a clubhouse full of guys that have one thing on their mind, and that's not themselves, Marmel said. It's winning a championship. You start weeding those out, and I imagine weeding those out, meaning weeding those players out. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, a lot of Cardinals fans would say, okay, good, that sounds good, now what? And I think that's fair. I think that's the that, that might be the most obvious response, Jamie. That's the one I certainly have. That sounds good. What is this front office going to do to match that urgency and that passion that Ollie's showing? Because his, his, his role is now done until spring training. This is where the offseason kicks off and the front office needs to step up, spend the money, but not only spend the money, spend the money on the right players, and also do what he said in the, the, the end there. I thought this was important, Jamie. It's, it's winning a championship. You start weeding those out. You start weeding those players out. Yeah, you have to. As an organization, you know who those guys are. Is front office going to do it? That's the question. Well, I think... Th- so here is the the best part about this season is you were really bad. I found this on the web. I know, me too. Yeah. They're really bad. <laughs> he looked. He looked. All Jamie right. looked. He did the research. He knows. See, they were, they were bad. always bossing me around. Yeah. But so you're allowed to do almost anything this off season that's even irrational. Fans will be like, good, but I don't care. Good. So if you get rid of a certain amount of players, whatever, it's fine. Can you get worse than you were this year? No. Not really. Last in the division. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care if they One won. One of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, I don't care, I don't care if they won 53 games or, or two. It's still last. It's last place. So I, I do think they'll do it. I think they have to. I think the Cardinals have identified who those players are. I think we can all have our own thoughts about who those players might be. But I can tell you what, when those players are moved on from, you'll know exactly why. Mm-hmm. Because some of these guys are talented, but I don't think they have the bite to want to win every day. And some of them don't have the bite to play every day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. They either don't want to take the field every day or they don't want to take the ball whenever they're called upon. Either way, it's unacceptable. That, the, that kind of behavior sets up the culture of your clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Well, why am I going out there playing injured all the time and battling and being one of the best team guys when he doesn't and he's making more money than me and whenever he wants to, he just plays? Mm-hmm. Why am I going out there with rubber arm three-quarters of the way through the season, taking the ball every freaking night when that guy won't? And he's going to get paid for it. Yeah. It causes problems. And especially when the team is losing or they could use 
a boost of some kind, it, it just amplifies how bad it is, the toxicity of it. Yeah. So if you're the Cardinals, yeah, you have to move on from a certain number of players. I have my ideas of who it is. I think O'Neal is one of them. I think that uh, Ryan Helsley is another one of them. Um, I, who else? Like, there's, there's other guys that I think – I don't know this to be true. Yeah. This is just the outsider looking in perspective – from well, they parted with one. That was Ennis Cabrera. Ennis Cabrera. He was another one that had to go. So whoever it is, if it's Dylan Carlson, if it's you know Alec Burleson, like who who knows? Just move on. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't need you don't need twenty six tryhards. You need twenty six guys that are like whatever my role is. I I want to do it to the best of my ability so that our team wins. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. And when to your point earlier about. The the play the best players and kind of showing how it's done when Bryce Harper, who's making as much as he's making, is willing to go into the wall repeatedly despite the injuries, or dive into the camera well, or come back early from his surgery, he is setting a tone. Mm-hmm. If you're a young player, not willing to do that on that team when Bryce Harper, multi-millionaire superstar, is doing that, you take notice. And I'm not saying that the, the highest paid guys, Arnado and Goldschmidt on this case, aren't willing to sacrifice their bodies because they are. But you need more of those guys in the them. middle and the bottom of yeah. the roster to say, okay, I don't care if the hamstring's a little tight right now. Let's go. This game's important. You know what you also need? Somebody in the clubhouse to put their foot in someone's behind if yes. they're not doing that. Agreed. That is bottom line. Wayno is an icon. I don't know if Wayno is that guy in the clubhouse that, you know, holds everyone accountable. I don't know. Maybe he is. But maybe Wayno got tired of picking fights all the time, too, or picking out guys. I don't know. Both of those things can be true. Because I've been on those teams before, too, where you feel like you just get sick of, of hearing yourself. Yeah. You get sick of confronting the same guys over and over again. Right. Def- because it's going to escalate, and then it carries out onto the ice or onto the field. Like It's inevitable that if you keep nipping at a guy – there's pushback, and then there's resentment. So there is a time and a place. You can't have somebody just kicks the front door and then just berates everybody all the time. Yeah. But maybe maybe need more of it, though. Like, Goldie, we know he's a, he's a silent leader. Great. Fine. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado, very isolated as a leader. Like, he's very, very hard on himself, and he leads by example. But I don't know if he's the guy that walks across the clubhouse and shows the guy how hurt he is, and he's still going out there anyway. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But I think the Cardinals in the offseason need to make sure that they have the right players currently on their roster that are buying into this. And if not, they have to acquire the right players that are going to hold everybody accountable. Katie Wu of The Athletic was on with BK and Ferrario, and she talked about Ollie's end-of-season message and her thoughts. Ollie Marmel, I think, for, for all the gripes that fans may have with him over the year, I thought he was as, as accountable as possible in these quotes. And that quote in particular was especially telling because the Cardinals really are looking towards next season. Right now, at this moment, they are meeting with their entire baseball analytics department, the whole coaching staff in the front office, and doing a player-by-player review by performance. And I thought that quote was pretty telling because all year long, I've walked in that clubhouse every day. I would have reported if it was different, but I did feel a sense of unity in the clubhouse. The majority of the guys there wanted to be there, believed in each other in the group, believed in the coaching staff. And you could see that with Ollie being brought back, that the players still had trust in their manager and their coaching staff. The Cardinals are trying to find availability. It's a key trait. They want players that are going to play every single day and are committed to winning a championship. I'm not saying that guys in that clubhouse don't want to win a championship. Obviously, they do. 
But I think the Cardinals are looking for more unity, more dependability, and guys that are willing to show up and play every single day. So the quote that that Katie Wu was talking about was this one. We win. That's what we do here, Marmel said. I don't mind fans being mad. They should be. They should be extremely frustrated and pissed. You should call for my head. All for that. All of that is part of part of sport. You're a fan. You're fanatical about your team, and you live and die by wins and losses. When you don't win, you should be mad. I would hate to do this at a place where you lose and nobody cares. I want no part of that. The adrenaline of knowing there's a responsibility to carry out every day, and the fans expect you to win. That is what wakes you up. Otherwise, what are we doing? That's the quote that Katie was talking about. Uh, that she referred to on BK and Ferrario. And I think that's the quote that is going to resonate with fans. Again, I think that the the response is still going to be, that's great, I'm glad you said it, but dot, 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 what's going what's gonna to really change? Well, and the, the next one coming out is, yeah, but Mo, will Mo let him do that? <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think that's a fair question. And will DeWitt allow Mo to do what he's got to do? It, it goes from here. Okay, so Ali said it. What, what is Mo going to do? With the budget that he's given, and what's the budget that's that is going to be given to Mo by the ownership? These are all legitimate questions. Well, the budget, or just the fact that Ollie needs to liquidate some of the players because just they're not they're not true Cardinals. Equal as e- equally as important in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's not just about spending some money and throwing money at the problem. It is about spending spending money wisely on the right players, not only on the field, but also in that clubhouse, and also parting with guys that don't make sense in terms of what culture you want to build. Were you guys surprised that everyone at the stadium was chanting Newt when, when Mo went up to the podium? <clears throat> I thought that was great, by the way. I thought it was great that Mo <laughs> spinned it that way, too, or spun it that way. I mean... Everyone's, I, they're booing the hell out of Mo, and he goes, oh, I thought you were saying Newt Bar. Yeah, not like, bad. It's totally on brand. Yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> I, I, I gave a hat tip to I was like, that's yeah, kind of good. That's not bad. That's not bad. All right, it's fascinating on 101 ESPN NFL Pick'em Challenge Week 4. Are we in trouble based on some of the selections from this weekend? We'll talk about it hey. next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick up. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Well, you sure know how to pick them. Well, 
We're facing a deficit tonight, boys, in the NFL Pick'em Challenge between us, the Fastlane, and the Rizzuto Show. Not because of the efforts of Jamie Rivers, though. I'll tell you that. Jamie absolutely destroyed another week. The dog. The, the dog. Treats, I'm telling you. The dog is coming is coming up handy, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Jamie Rivers leads all scores in week four with a 12 spot. He's the only one that got 12. I got 12? You got 12. I just, yeah. <laughs> didn't even know that. You got 12. Kerry uh, Davis with 11. That boy, Kerry. Nice work uh, by 11. I also got 11 this week. That boy, Antoine. And that was after missing our Lions. I picked the Packers. That was the last time I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I also uh, picked the Falcons. That'll be the last time I do that, probably. Mm-hmm. As long as Desmond Ritter remains the starter, and apparently he will be. So go Texans on Sunday. Uh, but I had 11. Marsh, you had 10. BT kind of let us down this week. Eight. A week low eight for BT. Come on, Brad. Moon had 11 for them, as did Rafe, as did King Scott. Riz with 10. Learn with 10. They're, wow. up, by, they're up by one heading into tonight's Seattle and Giants matchup. So uh, we'll let you know how we do. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see who they're on and who we're on and how it all shakes out. But... Uh, boys, we're up 3-0. We still have a shot heading into tonight, but well, we'll, we'll the Seahawks win tonight. I think we tie, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the way because they have four on the Seahawks. Yeah, we got three. I think. Oh no, no, maybe we don't. We'll have to look at it. I don't, I know. don't know. Yeah. All right. Week four. Yeah. Which team surprised you, better or worse? Oh wow! For better or worse, which team which team su- surprised you with their performance yesterday? Well, the Dolphins surprised me. That was not pretty. It really was not pretty by the Dolphins. I I had to look three times when I saw the the ticker going by there as I'm watching the games. I couldn't believe that they were just getting their ass handed to them that soundly by the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs put on a show. They did. They absolutely did. And uh, the other one that surprised me, and Anthony, you have been talking about it since before the season began. The Bengals are hot garbage. Mm. I keep trying to believe in Joe Burrow because obviously he's an elite quarterback. He ain't right now. And they lost to the Titans. It's bad enough to lose to the Titans. Yeah, it's really bad to lose twenty-seven to three. You scored three points in the first quarter. Quarter. That's and it. And then shut it down. That's it. Yeah, he's not healthy. And then he loses T. Higgins. But it's really about Burrow's health. Jamar Chase. Yeah, he was not happy. I'm open. I'm yeah. always effing open. Yep. To the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little Trouble frustration on his. There, boys. I mean, I get it. He's frustrated, and he's had he's had a remarkable first couple of years. You can't sue your quarterback, though. No, you can't do that. You, no. That's his. That's his guy. You can't sue your franchise quarterback. The guy that also, who who you teamed up with to win a national championship yeah. in one of the most historic teams. You got a problem like that? History. You go right to Burrow mm-hmm. and be like, "Bro, I'm open all the time. Yeah, what's going on?" Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase since that LSU team have really not been used to losing. No. When you think about it, those two combined have not been used to losing. I know the first year for Joe Burrow was a little, little shaky, but that was his rookie season. He got hurt. The last couple of years, they're not used to losing. So some frustration is boiling. What about you, Marsh? 
I thought the Chiefs did not look all that great, and maybe it's because oh, Zach Jets Wilson actually played one of the best games he's ever played in his life. Maybe it's because Taylor Swift brought in some friends. Maybe it's because all the Swifties were watching. Maybe. I'm not too sure, but he looked pretty good. No interceptions. However, he did have that fumble that ultimately cost him the game. He even mm. said it yeah. uh, in the post game, and you could see it on NBC. But uh, I thought the Chiefs did, did not look all that great. Mahomes... He was, he, I thought he was careless. He was careless. He made some decisions. I was like, what yeah. the hell is he I thought he was careless. Doing? A couple floaters trying to be maybe too cute. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. They were dominant last week. I thought this was going to be another blowout. Mm-hmm. So they surprised me from, from that aspect. I remember sitting down last night telling my roommates, I was like, ah, this might be one of those games where I head into the room early at halftime just to yep. get to bed early, whatever. I was out there on the couch the whole still four quarters. Still it. watching because it was such a tight game. Yeah. Yeah. They, the Jet, give, give the Jets some credit and give Zach Wilson some credit. They broke it down on the broadcast. He, he was... You know, he was kind of reading reading the offense a lot better uh, mm-hmm. last night. This is his first time in the West Coast offense. It, Boy, it's he, a it's a complicated system. He had his big brother down on the sidelines. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. He was up in the – yeah, he was. At, at, at the beginning, he was down Did the you side. hear he surprised them in the team hotel? No. Aaron Rodgers surprised him in the team hotel. Told Robert Sala, hey, I'm coming in. Because he got clearance to fly, yeah. so he yeah, flew yeah, from yeah. L.A. So that's what I was alluding to. Yeah. Did, did – did you hear what went on in the meeting? That he he told them you're he fine, told, like. Well, and he just told the, the rest of the team. He said everybody just needs to stop pointing the finger. Yeah. Stop blaming. Good for him. Like, He's right. Mm-hmm. So, hey, on both sides, like Wilson Wilson shows some maturity. Mm-hmm. But maybe he needed that. Maybe. maybe he needed Aaron Rodgers to kind of have his back in a public form, so yeah. to say. And he had a lot of guys last night also going to Wilson at the yeah. end. They're kind of yeah. get, you know I saw Randall Cobb, Garrett Wilson. They're patting him like, hey, let's. It's you know we were right we were right here tonight. I agree. Wilson looks, uh, or I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes looks sloppy last night. But how about the play he makes la- in, on the final drive? Mm-hmm. The one and that the Jets got ripped hold. off. They 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 got ripped <laughs> off on that. I mean, Why? Sauce Gardner did not. That oh, was, that one. That was terrible. that was back and forth. I mean, come terrible. on. That's one. That's when you let go. But that was a long drive. Jets Jets were on the field forever. But Mahomes had a couple of key runs. And how about him just wisely? Seeing that they're in man-to-man coverage, he he broke left, slid, game over. Mm-hmm. That I mean, there that, was a that's holding, why you pay that guy dude, there. I can't even believe it didn't get called. It was one of the Chiefs' offensive linemen. Was it their left tackle who yeah. was basically he, tackling the yeah, he, D end all night? He had him in a cross-face chicken wing for yeah. about four seconds. Oh, the NFL's not going to let the Chiefs lose with Taylor Swift no, in the building. No, not with the that Swifties would, watching. That would... Uh, that would not be good. Yeah. Um, my surprise, even though I picked, uh, uh, Marsh, I think you and I were the only ones to pick the Texans. Hell yeah, I picked the Texans. Yeah, so, that one was a big surprise. So you and I were the only one to pick the Texans. My upset hit, finally. Your, your upset hit, my upset hit with the Titans. I just kept picking the Titans until it, it, it happened again. Uh, mine didn't hit this week. Oh, the the Patriots. Uh, good thing you took the Cowboys on it's the good thing pick I challenge. Did. Yeah, you must have flipped. <laughs> you must have flipped. I watched warm-up. Didn't like what I yeah, saw. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Back Jones, I look good right nah, now. Bring yeah. Bailey's nah. happy. Um, but nonetheless. Less. Even though I picked the, te- the Texans, I did not expect to see them completely dominate the Steelers like that. They had the they had the ball the entire game. Nico Collins looked unstoppable. C.J. Stroud, far and away the best rookie quarterback right now. We're not even talking about. We're him. not even the first talking time we're about him. him. And it, and they're gonna they're gonna win on Sunday too because they got Atlanta. So I hope so. They're the the, tex- the Texans are gonna win. 
Um, but that one surprised me from the standpoint, again, the Steelers looking as bad yeah. as they did. Woof, terrible. I, I, was, I, I also picked the Bills. I am surprised because I've been backing up Miami's defense since day one. I am surprised that Buffalo went through uh, that defense like a, like a hot knife through butter. How about my guy Shaky Bakey? Shaky Bakey put on a show. You <laughs> called that. you called that one. I said, watch, he'll throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. And he, he threw for 246 and three touchdowns, but yeah. he did throw a pick as well. They may win that division again. The Saints I are am terrible. shocked. Buddy, the I, Saints are bad. Before I it know. started. You did. You called it. I, I, it's not because I think Baker Mayfield's good. I think he has so many weapons around him mm. offensively because they built that team for Tom Brady to be successful, sure. which he was right away. Injuries plagued that whole roster last year during his last season. If yeah. if they're all healthy, the Buccaneers probably make a pretty good run at it. But Baker Mayfield is not doing anything special. He's just not hurting the team, and he's getting the ball to the other guys, and they're doing their job. Yep. And the defense is playing pretty solid, too. And, and Mike Evans missed most of that game yesterday with, yep. with a hamstring injury. So they, I'm telling you, they might win that division. New Orleans is, is much worse than I thought. Tampa is much better than I thought. Tampa, yeah, Tampa may win that division. There's a couple of quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter's got to be benched. The only difference between the Falcons and Jaguars yesterday was that the Jaguars had a QB and the Falcons didn't. Both defenses played well. They didn't. They didn't run out there with a quarterback. They 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 would have been better off if they just snapped the ball directly to Bijan Robinson. Well, boy, <laughs> they, did you see that one? Dude, did you see the one hander you talking about? No, the shake and bake where the guy's yeah. still trying to figure out where the hell he went. He's incredible. I saw that on the Toy Story broadcast. They, yeah, I, I actually <laughs> yeah. thought. On social media, it's pretty funny. They had like the top of the video would be like the real sequence. Oh, with yeah. the computer. And then the split screen was yeah. the Toy Story one. It was unbelievable how they yeah. just matched everything. That's awesome. Yeah, they they had some hiccups. Like I watched it. The kids, I tried to get the kids involved. They they had some hiccups. They didn't always have the players ready to go. It's like you just saw the broadcasters, like the cartoon broadcasters. But otherwise, I thought the production was pretty good, and and it did keep my kids' interest for about a quarter and a half or something. I'm wondering what sport is the next one to try that. Because, like, hockey, like so first of all, so the listeners know, they put a little chip. It's a little square, like, device that they put in the jersey. Mm -hmm. And that lets the AI or whatever it is turn them into cartoons. Yeah. They match every move mm -hmm. that's going on. Well, in hockey, they already have the little chip to see, you know, how fast guys are skating and things like that, like the tracker on that. I'm wondering how far off it is for hockey to try something like this because I think that'd be kind of neat. Well, they did last they year. Did, yeah. Did they did, yeah. The yeah, check it greens. out. It's the big city greens. They did it. Yep, it was the Rangers. I, oh, God, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. I could see maybe baseball next year. Yeah, I totally baseball forgot be a about great that. One. Baseball would be hilarious. Do you I wonder it? how they tracked the pitch. Though. Well, they did the ball in football. And the, that was I thought that was the biggest miss because sometimes it showed like they would – like the Calvin Ridley touchdown, the ball is laying on the ground, and they're like, touchdown. I'm like, wait, what? Did he drop it? Were you watching it that closely, really? What kind of a nut job are you? Well, I was watching he's it. He's watching the cartoon game, yeah. and he's mad because the football's on the ground. That's <laughs> <Well, it's> a <laughs> touchdown. What's wrong with you? That's well, a touchdown. You know you're into the game at that point. You were so consumed with the game. And I was the teaching the kids. <laughs> I was teaching them. I'm like, so watch the foot. You know, here it is. Here, there's the snap. <laughs> 
Killian's playing flag football now. So I'm like, there's the snap. The quarterback's got yeah. it. He's thrown it. I'm like, okay, it's incomplete. And it was like, touchdown. I'm like, apparently it was complete. I, I think it's know. awesome. I'm just giggling, man. Yeah. I saw something <laughs> Damn on. Damn right I was into it. I saw something on X. a Waffle House challenge that's about yeah. to get scary again. Ooh, the, shout out the Vikings um, <sighs> picking up their first win. Uh, I saw something on X, though. It was like this guy was saying that the broadcasters were doing their best like actual analytical like broadcast they of were. football but then yeah. every now and then they'd be like oh and here comes Zerg yes. coming out onto the field they really were <laughs> they were yeah Booger McFarlane a couple times was like you know he was, he was breaking down a play and then the the other you know the play by play guy had to be like yeah here comes uh, Woody and yeah. he's dancing with Bo Peep and like, <laughs> oh boy. That, I right. would have had fun with that yeah, that would have been good. good it was good it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN we got Blues Cues next Blues related questions send them in 314 that's next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. All right, time for some blues-related questions here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Marsh, what do we got? Yeah, let's start with the uh, the 636. A lot of people that have to go through waivers. Um, there's a lot of people that have to go through waivers. What is the waiver market looking like right now? Uh, you're not going to, like, if you're the blues, you're probably not really picking up anybody off waivers. A couple reasons is you've got, you already have, roster problems and what i mean by that is you have nine defensemen you have to whittle it down you have a group of forwards that you have to whittle down as well this is the time of year that players can be snuck through waivers meaning a team that wants a guy but doesn't have a spot for him right away or maybe he needs one more year of development in the minors but he doesn't qualify to go down without waivers so you try and sneak him in the training camp when everybody else is liquidating their guys or sending guys. Just sneak him in there before mm. teams have made up their mind on certain players. Or sometimes everybody always feels like, well, we we like our roster. This is the time to try and sneak a guy through. I, I don't see the Blues, you know, plucking anybody off of waivers right now. But you never know. There's that one team out there that might try and sneak a guy through that the Blues go, er, hang on a second. We'll take him. But, uh, yeah, I don't see that happening right now. From the 980, are there any current players that are on the team that you would say to yourself, that guy is or has the potential to be a Blues future Hall of Famer? Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a s- several guys that ha- have the potential to be the Blues Hall of Famer. I look at Jordan Bennington, first goalie to ever win the Stanley Cup as a St. Louis Blue. You know, he's had some success. If he continues to have success and maybe gets to another Stanley Cup final, he's a guy I think Braden Shen qualifies as a Blues Hall of Famer because let's remember here now, it's not all about goals and assists to be a Blues Hall of Famer. They've expanded it to where it's leadership, toughness, you know, that exemplifies being a St. Louis Blue. I think Braden Shen's done a pretty damn good job of that so far. And also to expand on that, I think that you do have two young players right now in particular in Thomas and Cairo that statistically might qualify for that honor in the future as well. If they start hitting that 100-point plateau on a regular basis, 
So, yeah, I think there's some exciting guys on the roster and guys that would uh, certainly be in the discussion for that blue jacket. From the 314, what do you see as different in our power play and penalty kill from years past? Uh, what I'm noticing on the power play is a lot quicker puck movement. You know, I think the one thing the Blues, the trap they fell into last year was being predictable and, you know, moving the puck slowly. And what happens with that is, you know, you think you're making the right plays, but you're letting the opposition's penalty kill readjust constantly when you don't move the puck quickly. And I think what gets lost sometimes with dynamic players is they feel like that four-foot pass is useless. Well, I'm going to make a four-foot pass like this. I want to I want to be the guy to pass to the guy who scores the goal. And it's not for the assist. It's just that sometimes the dynamic player thinks that the bigger, better play is, is better when it isn't. Sometimes you just got to wear down the opposition. And the best way to do that with a power play is those five, six-foot passes, you know, accurate tape-to-tape flat passes. Every time the puck moves, the penalty kill has to adjust. They have to respect that there might be a shot opportunity. So when you move the puck quickly, what happens? It's like doing the over and backs, like a shuttle run. Mm-hmm. Over here, stop. Over here, stop. Over here, stop. About 20 seconds into it, you're exhausted, and that's when teams make mistakes. That's when the bigger, better play becomes available. So what I like right now about the power play is them moving the puck around quickly uh, with a purpose. And on the penalty kill, yeah, I like what I've seen so far. I think they're aggressive. I think that the focus right now, too, defensively, is to be in the shot lanes on a consistent basis. I think that penalty kill will continue to get better. And we, we really haven't had a chance to get to see either of those units yet, power play or penalty kill, with the actual guys who are going to be on it on a consistent basis. From the 314, I saw that Tory Krug will be in the lineup tonight or is expected to be in the lineup tonight what are you expecting to see from tory krug i think i'm expecting to see a pissed off individual like in a good way pissed off probably wrong motivated let's do that <laughs> both probably to be honest i mean he's a human being he said it himself with his media availability he's like yeah I, you know I, it didn't feel great and so i think tory krug's gonna send a message not in one game like he's not in one game he's gonna have five goals or something like that but i think he's gonna try and send a message to uh, everyone in the hockey world, not just the Blues management or the fans, but just everyone around the NHL or fans in particular, that he is the guy. He is the the the, the power play guy that you thought when you signed him. You signed him for a reason. And I don't blame him. So I expect a very motivated Tory Krug. Last one here from the 314. Is there a chance Bull Duke can actually make the opening night roster, or are the Blues lacking a roster spot for him? Yeah, I, well, they are lacking a roster spot, but he's not ready. He's not ready yet. Watching this kid every day, man, he's got tremendous upside. He's got speed. He's got skill. He's got a great shot. He's not ready. He needs to go down for maybe half a season in the American Hockey League and figure out how to play on the inside, uh, figure out how to play a more complete game, and play in every situation against men, against guys that are going to challenge him on a daily basis. So there's not an issue yet with Bull Duke and the roster and all that stuff. I think he's a season away from you know really competing for a spot. That's Jamie Rivers. That is Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Big news for St. Louis City SC as they clinch the top seed in the Western Western Conference over the over the weekend. So big time stuff from City SC in their first year. Just absolutely remarkable. And we'll be joined by Kyle Hebert at four o'clock. Kyle Hebert will join us at 4 o'clock. Move the gauntlet to 4.15 if you're wondering, hey, what what about the gauntlet? 
Oh, no, no. We moved the gauntlet for Kyle Hebert. We moved the gauntlet for Kyle Hebert and City SC. Yep. Absolutely. So 4.15 is when we'll do the gauntlet. Again, Kyle Hebert will join us coming up at 4 o'clock. College football, week five recap. Some of the biggest storylines next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN, college football week five now in the books. I can't believe we're already five weeks in. I can't believe we're in October. It's unbelievable. Anthony, can I, um, can I tell you a secret? Sure. Can I disclose something? Yeah. This is the first year in I don't even know how long that uh, I've been excited watching college football. Yeah? Well, good. Yeah. There's been some real games to yeah. watch. Like, and good storylines. Usually you don't get anything good until like now yeah. or like in a week from now. Right. But there has been really good games so far. There's been upsets. Uh, it's been very good. So biggest takeaway. I think I think one of the biggest takeaways I had was that, and, and I, I had said this when we were out at Auto Center State on Herculaneum, that Friday night matchup between Utah and Oregon State was going to determine a lot. Utah offensively has had been getting by without mm. cam rising until they went into corvallis on friday night couldn't move the ball at all their defense played well good enough to win but oregon state defensively shut them down so they win 21 to 7 now utah's done like each week i think we can kind of start eliminating you teams you can cross them off mm-hmm. i don't know how excited utah you know people were to watch utah play in the playoffs but that was one of my bigger takeaways I also love them as you didn't stub their toe. Oh, they tried. They tried. They tried initially. <laughs> they did. But I like the fact that they, they got it done. Yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Brady they covered Cook, They covered the 14. 395. That yards, offense That offense looks good. Brady that, Cook's starting to get some respect, maybe? I th- He maybe? should. He should. But, okay, so now you got LSU coming to town. Did you happen to see that LSU Ole Miss game? Uh, yeah, uh, I watched it. That was fun. LSU's not good. Unless you like defense. That was fun. We had Ole Miss, remember? We we talked about it. Yes. Or was it me and Carrie? You, you said Ole Miss. Yeah. I said the over. That's right. So we got, we got them both we covered. We covered them both. Yeah. But old, So now you got LSU. Two losses for LSU. They're done. Mm-hmm. And you've got them in Columbia. Early kickoff, which I think benefits Mizzou. A lot of people are complaining about it. As a Mizzou fan, I know... You want the highlight game. You want the primetime game. Of course you do. But to me, this is perfect. LSU comes in a wounded tiger. No offense. No hmm. pun intended. You you come in two losses. Pun was definitely intended. I sure said that. Why wouldn't it be? You got two losses. It's an early kickoff, and you're on the road again. Pound them. Yeah. You have the blueprint. Look what Ole Miss just did. They threw, they threw the ball every which way. Get a lead, run the ball in the second half, stay unbeaten. I'm excited for this Mizzou-LSU game on Saturday. How about that Auburn game? That was fun, too. I thought they were going to pull it off, man. They were close. And then I also thought that Colorado was going to pull it off. 
They were like a freight train. How about that in the fourth quarter? What was yeah. their offensive coordinator doing? Well, yeah. how about this is where Dion gets a little criticism now too. He he hasn't faced some of the top questions yet. Like there was the, the the game management there in the fourth quarter wasn't great for Colorado. Why are they running the football with five minutes left, down two scores? When you're in uh, enemy territory, like you are across the fifty yard line, you're you're running downhill at that point towards the touchdown. You can't be running the ball. You have no timeouts either. Well, they you can't be running the ball. You could throw short as an extension of the run. That's yeah, fine. You can't run the ball. Though. But you can't run the ball. And because they couldn't run the ball at all well, to begin right. with. They lost a two-minute warning automatic timeout, too, because of all that. Because they had to play through it. If they get their touchdown before the two-minute mark, now yeah. you've got a built-in timeout. Maybe then you can stuff... USC and get a punt or something at that point. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't have to go for the onside kick. Yeah. They ended up sewering themselves because they left the only thing left available was an onside kick. Yep. Yeah, clock management not great, but this is this is something that the coaching staff can learn from too now. It's not just the players. It's not just recruiting. This is this is a learning opportunity for them too. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about what USC is than it is what Colorado did. USC's defense, like we talked about at the beginning of the year, still a question. It's still a question. If they go up against Oregon, will it be a shootout? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But the way Oregon's operating offensively, they could smoke USC. And that's with Caleb Williams as their quarterback. And then Georgia, we just mentioned Georgia in that game. Is Georgia, are they as good as we think they might be at number one no, I, I, don't I don't think, think they're, so. they're going to end the year at number one I don't think they end the season undefeated they've had a couple of games now where in all, the Auburn game and Auburn's not great this year but they they stubbed their you know they, they nearly stubbed their toe against Auburn South Carolina had them down what was that 14 to 3 at halftime before Georgia woke up and that's not a great South Carolina team Tennessee mopped them uh, on Saturday night, so no, yeah, that's another that's another key takeaway. Michigan and Georgia were the two teams early on that were just kind of like just in neutral. The last two weeks, though, Michigan has throttled opponents. They they throttled Nebraska and they took care of business last last week against uh, I think it was Rutgers. So no, March, I, I'm with you on that. This is a wide open year in college that's football. Why I like it right now. Oh, Duke pushing Notre Dame to the brink. Yep. And good for Notre Dame. Uh-huh. You know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, came up with the big the big run late there to, to make it 21-14 to win that one. But otherwise, I think that this has been kind of a quarterback showcase. Michael Penix Jr., again, with Washington, they stay unbeaten. You mentioned Oregon, yeah. Bo Nix. Bo Nix, if it's not Caleb Williams, it might be Bo Nix to win the Heisman. Caleb Williams with another big game. Brady Cook with another big game. The quarterbacks around the nation are kind of putting on a show, and I know I'm missing people. But How about the kid from um, from Duke? That's my guy. That's Riley Leonard. He got hurt at the end. It was pretty nasty. They yeah. rolled up on his ankle, but I was so impressed with that kid. Against Notre Dame's defense, yeah. too. That's a, that's a legit defense. Riley Leonard, that's the guy I said he's going to play in the NFL. He, I, oh, he's absolutely going to play in the NFL. He's got, he's got the NFL makeup. He's got size. He's got a gun. He can move a little bit he's despite being – I'm sorry, an arm, a strong oh, yeah. arm. Yep. I yep. mean, he's had the right to bear arms, but I just didn't know he carried it around. Mm. No, uh, that was my fault, Jamie. I should have clarified. Uh, he's got Probably. a little little mobility despite being, you know, six five, six six. We were talking about Mizzou earlier. I wanted to ask you guys which game presents more of a problem for the Tigers? Is it LSU or is it Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky. Kentucky. Put a, what a beating! Ran literally ran all over Florida. 
Mm-hmm. That was impressive. I think both games are going to be a challenge. As it sits now, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook LSU. We don't I don't want, want to minimize we that don't. game. We're not looking at all. We're not looking forward. We're but looking I, to this week. I'll phrase it this Mizzou way, Marsh. fans right here. This yes. triangle. Yeah. Triangle of the Tigers. I feel like we almost inspired this group. Well, I mean, ever since I went to a game. Well, yeah, you went to the game. We called them out the first couple of weeks. You got to throw the ball, and all of a sudden, Eli's like, I got to throw the ball more. Tough love can be important sometimes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Mizzou we'll Nation. go down with the ship. Yeah. Yeah, we will. If we didn't say anything, they'd still be throwing sideways. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome, Mizzou. We'll, we'll go sidelines if you want us to. I mean, you want to invite us to a game and be on the sidelines? We'll do it. You look at the Colorado game; they had all sorts of celebrities yeah. on the yeah. sidelines. We're yeah, but we're kind a little of bigger than some of those celebrities, yeah. you know. Yeah, very be true. Disruptive to mm-hmm. the players. You look over and see the guys from Fast Lane; it could be a little much. Yeah, good know? call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll phrase it this way: to your question, LSU. Mm-hmm. But I understand why you asked that question. It's in Kentucky too, mm-hmm. and they're undefeated. And they have given Mizzou problems in the past. That they have. Fun stuff. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We have What's Trending coming up next. And in that, within that What's Trending, we're going to tell you about, we're actually going to have somebody on to tell you about some of the uh, great things going on yeah. in St. Louis hockey. Yeah. What's going on? Anthony, I was so mad watching the Colorado game. Little did I know that there's no two minute warning in college. I knew football. what you meant. I knew what you meant, though. I, I did, you were on a roll. No, it's fine. There, I've, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I, there, there I'm isn't. A, yeah. But the the clock management was terrible. Yeah. But I was really fired up the whole time. Yeah. Because I thought there was. Even when you said they played through it, I'm like, I'll let them go. Now call me out next time. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no you're you play rolling. Yeah, you I let you play through it. it. You... Well, the text line's gonna hold me accountable. You know <laughs> I know, that. but you know, I sometimes I think it's better better that the text line does well, it. Well, I appreciate it because they can when laugh I, at me, I don't. I'm fine. I'm when, laughing. When I do it, I feel like sometimes you get you get upset. So. No, no, I'm yeah. always upset. Yeah, but no, that's okay. No two minute warning. College. No. Well, it's a good thing because they, they... <laughs> they acted up anyways. <laughs> yeah. When you get a first down in under two minutes, it stops. Yeah, there. that's what I meant. Yeah. All right, it's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Again, what's trending? And we'll tell you some of the big news going on right now uh, around St. Louis in terms of youth hockey. That's next year on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalzer. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time for What's Trending. And to help us with What's Trending, let's head to our St. Louis uh, 101 ESPN Celebrity line where we have senior vice president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Chris Roseman, to make a pretty big announcement. He actually announced it at three o'clock, but we're uh, we're pleased to have you on the show here, Chris, to to make the announcement to our listeners as well. First and foremost, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm great, and uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting news for St. Louis. Well, go ahead, Chris. Uh, what, what's going on with St. Louis uh, college hockey here? Yeah, you know, because we've got these these great amenities in St. Louis and because we've got a great hockey community, uh, St. Louis last hosted the ACHA um, College Hockey Championships back in 2022 and did such a great job. 
that uh, the ACHA is heading back to St. Louis, not for one, not for two, not for three years, but for five years. Wow. Uh, in uh, between 2024 and 2028. So hats off to, to Maryland Heights and Centene Community Ice Center and um, and all the folks that made that event happen in 2022 to bring it back. It's Chris, incredible. Yeah, Chris, ultimately, what does that say about, you know, hockey here in St. Louis and just how much it's grown? I mean, we hear it all the time. I mean, you hear about the draft picks and you hear about, um, you know, all the great things that are happening with the Blues and, and junior hockey and AAA and all those things. I think I think it says that, you know, hockey is here to stay in St. Louis. The Blues have done a great job of, of growing the sport, nurturing the sport, exposing the kids to, including mine, to, uh, to the sport of hockey and just loving the game. And, you know, it, it goes beyond St. Louis as well. I mean, the, a big reason the ACHA is coming to St. Louis is because of the support they get. Um, it's a long tournament. It's 10 days long, and um, that, that actually takes place in, in two different venues. Most of it is in um, and, uh, at the Centene Community Ice Center. But I think it's uh, hockey is, is just a great sport, and, um, you know, St. Louis is a great sports town, and, and uh, we're just so glad, so great to have it back. Chris, if for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with the ACHA, can you maybe give us a little background on what level that is and maybe some of the colleges, some of the schools that are active participants that we might be able to catch during these tournaments? Yeah, it's 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 club, it's club hockey. You know, it's all these schools that come from, there's probably over 400 programs across the country that play men's and women. So ACHA is comprised of five divisions, um, three in the men, two in the women. And all five of those divisions will be in St. Louis uh, during that period of time. And the level of play is it's a, it's, it's club play at the at the uh, college level. And so some teams, uh, some schools that have teams, we'll start locally. It's Lindenwood, Maryville, McKendry, Slough, um, and uh, Mizzou, Illinois. They've, they've all got club teams that all play um, at various levels between you know between the three levels that I mentioned in men and two in women. And then it goes coast to coast. So you've got teams coming in from all the way from the East Coast, and you've got teams in the West Coast that come in. And St. Louis makes a lot of sense for the ACHA just because where it is geographically. It's easy to get here. Once they get here, we've got great hotels, great restaurants, um, easy access to get to the rink and get out of the rink um, throughout the day. It's a long day. It starts early in the morning and goes till, till the evening. So, you know, th- uh, hockey is strong and, and um, you know it, it's it goes beyond the having just the ice. You know you got the volunteers and the and the, the management to make it all happen. So we're our friends over at Centene uh, Community Ice Center and Maryville Ice Rink um, are just uh, are great partners with us. Chris Roseman is joining us right now. He's the senior vice president at the St. Louis Sports Commission. Chris, I also know that you have you know uh, kind of your your ear to the ground when it comes to the future of Mizzou to the Lou events. What can you tell us about the you know upcoming Mizzou games uh, and and where you know how how you guys are involved with that because I think that's something that our listeners are very interested in as well. Yeah, well that goes back about a year about a year ago um, where Desiree Re Francois and the administration up at uh, University of Missouri um, they really wanted to connect with the with the St. Louis community and so uh, the football it all started with the conversation with the football game a football game in St. Louis at the Dome. Um, that took place, obviously, a couple weeks ago, which was a huge success. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but beyond that, you know, the University of Missouri is, is placing other events in St. Louis. We had women's soccer against uh, Missouri State 
um, Mizzou against Missouri State a couple of weeks ago as well. Drew uh, over you know thousands of people that uh, came out to that game at Worldwide Technology Soccer Park. Uh, we're talking to Mizzou about two, doing at least uh, a few more events that will be held this November and uh, in, uh, early in next year in 2024. So look for information to come out on those soon. Uh, I think it's kind of leaked out that one of those is wrestling. So we're talking to wrestling to make them, you know, Mizzou uh, have a wrestling duel here in St. Louis. And uh, we're talking about another sport as well. So that'll be at least two more, maybe more, um, you know, that, that Mizzou could come into St. Louis and, and have these, you know, football is great, and, uh, but they have these other sports, uh, these other competitions take place in St. Louis. It's just really great for St. Louis and, and great for us to connect with Mizzou to, you know, we've had a relationship with Mizzou for, gosh, I've been with them for, you know, working with it for over 23 years. And um, they're just a great, great institution in, in, the, in Missouri, and it's just great to see um, Mizzou and St. Louis as often as they are. Chris, uh, talking about relationships, how – how huge is it to have the support of a team like the St. Louis Blues when you're looking to solidify a, a massive hockey tournament like this, let alone for five years? I mean, how big is that? It doesn't happen without the Blues, period. Um, the, you know, the Blues, it goes well beyond the ACHA. Let's take it back to the Frozen Four. You know, we got the Frozen Four in 2025, and we just didn't get the Frozen Four in 2025. We got the regionals in 24 that are going to be at Centene Community Ice Center. So, um, you know, we, we, with the, due to the Blues relationship with the USA Hockey, uh, the My Y Tour came through here with USA versus Canada back in 2021 where two of those games were played, two great games at, at Centene. Uh, you know, the All-Star game, the Winter Classic, you know, all those things are, are tied to the Blues. And, you know, it goes beyond, it just goes beyond hockey as well. You know, remember, it's, They've got um, they've got 41 games they, they host a year, but they're also hosting other things. We're working with them on gymnastics. We're working with them on volleyball. We're working with them on the SEC uh, men's basketball that we hosted recently. So you know the the Blues are just a wonderful a, a wonderful partner in everything that we do. Um, even when we even when we had to move the U.S. gymnastics Olympic trials over to the dome due to some COVID issues, the Blues are at our side, helping us every step of the way to set the record. Uh, re- attendance record that will still stand um, beyond 2024 when we took that to the Dome. Chris, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on right after make the, making the announcement. Um, best of luck, man. This uh, this sounds fantastic, and this tournament's going to be here for uh, for a long time, so that's great. It is. Thanks for the time today. You're welcome. Thanks, Chris. Okay, thanks, Chris. Again, that's Chris Roseman, Senior Vice President of St. Louis Sports Commission. Good stuff there. It is awesome, and he's right. Like the St. Louis Blues, and I know that the group over there do such a tremendous job. Steve Chapman, uh, Chris Zimmerman, they're always into, they're huge on the community uh, here in St. Louis. And it does, it's not just isolated to hockey either. The Blues are heavily involved in a lot of things. So it's nice to, to hear that stuff. It's nice to see different sports growing and coming here to St. Louis. All right, let's kick it back to Marsh for what else is trending. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say ACHA hockey is awesome. I get to be a part of it and, and broadcast Maryville and just seeing the uh, – just the, the sport itself here in St. Louis, all the teams, uh, it's it's awesome, especially for these kids that don't go on to the NCAA level. There's still a, yeah. um, a league that they can play in, a high-level league, and it's, it's really exciting. So uh, one thing I did want to bring up, you mentioned it earlier in the show, we're going to have Kyle Hebert on, but City SC clinching that top spot in the West. I mean, this is huge for, yeah. for this club, especially in their inaugural season. It's remarkable is what it is. I mean, it, 
it's it would have been it's unprecedented. Yeah, it would have been one thing to have a winning record. It would have been one thing to be competing kind of late in the year and then fall off. It's quite another for this team to come out of the gates as strong as it did, and even though they had you know some some stumbles along the way, they were pretty consistent throughout, which is why it's just the only way you earn a a you know the top seed in the conference. So good for St. Louis City SC inaugural season, man. It's, it's it is unbelievable. We'll talk to Kyle Hebert about that a little bit later on. Yeah, I can't even imagine how those guys feel uh, about their accomplishment. Now, based on what we've talked to Kyle about all season long and listening to all the guys, it's almost like they expected this. Yeah, which is hilarious for me because you know to have that kind of a mindset that goes right to the top of the food chain to Lutz and Bradley, mm-hmm. the, the top guys, to get the message down to the players that you know, we're not here just to be. A speed bag here for the rest of the league right and now they're going to finish first in the western conference which means they'll have home field advantage throughout any of the playoffs except against cincinnati who finishes with a better record overall but yeah guys it could be something special man it Absolutely. really could be kyle heber will join us at four o'clock it's fast on 101 espn they'll bump the gauntlet to 415 if you're wondering narrative reality will play that next Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, time to play narrative or reality in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What do you got, Marsh? Yeah, so Buck Showalter, no longer the manager in New York for the Mets. Narrative or reality, old school managing in Major League Baseball is not the best way to run a team in the modern day game. I'm going to say that that's a narrative and only because I think that there's a lot of successful managers right now that are still very old school as a foundation, but they've learned to utilize modern day resources and technologies to help manage their team. I think that the best managed teams are the guys that can blend both of them together. So I think Buck Showalter and Tony La Russa, for that matter, with the White Sox, I don't think they had it in them to be managing the modern-day baseball player. doesn't mean they're not well, – look, clearly Tony La Russa is a Hall of Famer, and we know how we feel about Tony La Russa, but we can't sit here and say he had a connection with his players this time yeah. around with the Chicago White Sox. He didn't. He didn't have a very good connection at all with his players. Buck Showalter, he went in there, you know, spitting dirt and doing all that stuff, and it didn't work. In fact, the culture with the New York Mets was terrible, apparently, over this past season. Losing will do that to you, but still, you know, you can lose and and, and still have your dignity, and apparently they didn't. Yeah. So I, I think that's a narrative. I think it's a narrative, too. It's not about spending money. It's about spending money wisely. It's not about having a certain cookie cutter approach when it comes to hiring a manager it's about hiring the right manager dusty baker is old school he's got houston back in the playoffs oh wow. bruce bochy is as old school as it gets he's got the texas rangers back in the playoffs uh, you can't just say one one size fits all when it comes to old school or new school you've got a blend of 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 all things you know dave roberts is that blend that Jamie was just talking mm-hmm. about. I think Craig Council is a blend that Jamie was just talking about. Snicker, same deal. There's analytics, and then there is instincts with your manager. And this is when 
I think managers earn earn their their. Uh, you know what? I take that back. Throughout the course of 162 games that season, plus spring training and all that, managing a clubhouse of all different kinds of players from different backgrounds and different ages, that's a gauntlet. But when it comes to key in-game decisions, I think this is when this is when managers are most important. A wise man once said that Major League Baseball managers are actually overrated. Compared to the other sports, yes, until the postseason. That's At least fair. you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got what I said right. Uh, Jamie, you Uh-oh. have said multiple times at the Blues this season that they got some depth to their squad. We get a text from the 636. Narrative or reality, the Blues will have two players named All-Stars this year. Oh, that is juicy. Uh, two All-Star players. Wow, that's tough to get. Uh, unless you're McDavid and Dreisaitl. But, uh, yeah, I could, I could see Bennington... Getting an all-star nod, and I could see Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas or Buchnevich getting a nod too. So yeah, I'll say that 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 that's a reality. It's in play. What do you think? Um, yeah, yeah, that sounded great. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's a narrative. Uh, Jordan Bennington and uh, Jordan Cairo. It's a reality. Yeah, reality. I meant. See, you're doing what I used to do throughout the games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was kind of thinking of my answer. Sure you were. Yep. Reality. Anthony, you said earlier in the show that Bo Nix could surpass uh, Caleb Williams for the Heisman. Caleb Williams right now has better numbers through the first five games of the season than he did last year. Wow. Narrative or reality, Caleb Williams is still the Heisman frontrunner. No, I think that's reality. Ooh. That's reality. The numbers are all there. He, he really hasn't been tested yet, though. That's the question with USC. USC hasn't played anybody yet. So, and you know what? Not yet, to be fair, looking at Oregon's schedule, I think I think it's rather similar to USC. They've both placed, played uh, Colorado to this point. I think they've both faced Stanford now as well. Not that Stanford's good. But Oregon... I'm looking here. Oregon's got Washington coming up next weekend. They've got Washington State. This is going to be an important month for Oregon. Oregon's at Washington. They host Washington State, who's also un- unbeaten. Utah's going to get, you know, Utah's a challenge just by losing on Friday night. And maybe Cam Rising's back at that point. So right now, it's reality with Caleb Williams. Neither team has really been overly tested. Guys, the Dolphins finally played a team that is currently over 500, and that would be the Buffalo Bills. They lost yesterday by a final score of 48 to 20. Narrative or reality, the Miami Dolphins are smoking mirrors. That's a narrative. That's a narrative. That offense is still incredibly difficult to beat. Raheem Mozart put put the ball on the ground twice yesterday. Once they lost, once they didn't, but they got outplayed. It's going to happen throughout a season. I was listening to some of the, the national the national host on Sirius talk about how you know Miami's been exposed. There are frauds. You do realize you're going to lose games throughout the course of a year. Going into Buffalo and getting waxed when Josh Allen out, outplayed your quarterback and Stephon Diggs outplayed your, your star receiver, Ty, Tyreek Hill. Uh, the, it happens. But Miami's still a very good. And Denver stinks, but they did saying 70 on them two weeks ago. 
So I think that offense is still going to be very difficult to to stop. How about lining up Tyree Kill in the backfield when all the attention was on Tyree Kill and then handing it to their young rookie running back who had a big day yesterday too. That that these are some of the things that Miami's going to be able to do on a week in and week out basis. So narrative. Guys, the Chicago Cubs went on the road to end their year and lost five out of their last six games. They missed Oof. the playoffs. Narrative or reality, the Cubs missed the playoffs because they were singing and clapping their win song at Wrigley Field the Sunday prior to yesterday. Yeah, it's reality. Yeah, I think so, too. That's reality. Mm-hmm. They got they got ahead of themselves. Screw them. Did you see that video? No. No. Oh, you should watch it. It is so corny. So they, so they were playing the win. Yeah, the, the win song. go Cubs go. Yeah, and all, everyone comes out of the dugout and they're all clapping and singing and everyone's singing "Kumbaya" at Wrigley Field. And they went and on the they road. They went on the road and lost five of six and missed the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. they uh, they certainly uh, blew it. Oof. Does David Ross keep his job? There's some scuttlebutt that he might not. David uh, Ross? No, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Look, th- that team overachieved this year, quite honestly. Yeah, to so, some degree. Not to say, I think nobody picked the Cubs to finish. No, the you're right. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think he'd be all right if he doesn't continue to improve. Honestly, because they gave him a crap sandwich to start with. Yeah, true. Here's your lineup of nothing. Good yeah. luck. We love you, though. You're a hell of a guy when you played here. Right. So th- I think they've got to give him a little more runway here if he's showing signs that the team is getting better. Then you like gotta let him go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Last one here. We talked about it earlier in the show, but Ali Marmel said that they're going to try and weed some players out this offseason. Narrative or reality, Tyler O'Neill is still a Cardinal by next season. Um this I think that's a, yeah. I, I narrative is not necessarily the right word, but in the spirit of the game, I'll say narrative. Mm-hmm. I think that Tyler O'Neill will be one of those players that is jettisoned this offseason. I think he's one of those players that Ali's kind of referring to when, as you mentioned, Marsh, you, you, you weed him out. Yeah, I agree. Reality. All right. Want to do Sports Six Pack next, Marsh? All right, let's do that. Sports Six Pack is next. 314 399 9646 is the Air Carmen Service Tax Line. So if you got a sports related question for us, we'll do our sports six pack. Don't forget, Kyle Hebert at the top of the hour, five, four o'clock. We'll talk about City's huge accomplishment. But uh, Kyle Hebert at four next, sports six pack. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. All right, Sports Six Pack, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you want to hit us up on YouTube, you can at 101 ESPN STL. It's brought to you by the Air Alliance team. Marsh, what do you got for us? All right, let's start off with the 314. Would you trade Paul Goldschmidt for pitching and move Jordan Walker to first base for the next 10 years? Is Jordan Walker a first baseman? He could be. He was a third baseman before. Sure. I think he could be. I've been trying to do this since 
May. Um, <sighs> June at the latest. I would say yes. I don't know about that, man. That's a tough one for me. I don't think Goldie would. I don't think Goldie would waive his no trade clause. That's number I, one. I just in hearing the direction that the Cardinals want to go in, meaning they want to be competitive again, like next year, like Ollie's, like no, like we're we're talking not just playoffs, but like doing some damage. Yeah. I just don't know if you can do that without Paul Goldschmidt. You need the pitching, there's no doubt, but I don't know if you can do it without Goldie. You definitely can't do it without the pitching. I know. I like the idea. I don't think it's it's possible because of that no trade clause. I don't think Goldie wants to go anywhere, which I respect. But yes, I would. Trader. He's an, he's an aging player on a one-year deal. I don't know why you hate Goldie. I don't I don't get Goldie. it. Dude. I want I, to maximize Goldie. Is it because value. he's almost the perfect individual and that makes you angry? No. When you put him side by side with you, you just see the differences and you're yeah. like, I hate this guy. Okay. Jamie, if that was if that was the case, if I hated him if I hate him for that, I'd have to hate mm. everybody. Well said, but it's a really big <laughs> I'd difference. have to walk around just I hate mm-hmm. you because you're better than me. But it's a really big you know? difference when Goldie is. Mm-hmm. Nah. You put the you put the trade in trader, for sure. Yeah. Well said, Marshy. Mm-hmm. Well said. Question number two. From he, the he too, Brute. <laughs> uh, from the three one four, have you seen the developments about Trevor Bauer? How does this change uh, Major Jamie, League Baseball? Jamie's guy. Well, I don't wouldn't say he's my guy, Anthony. I really don't want to be categorized with, with Trevor Bauer. Hmm. Uh, however, you know he's all over social media today. Apparently, all the lawsuits have been dropped. Apparently, which is very rare. Uh, the protection order that this girl had tried to get on him was denied in court, which rarely happens. Um, he was, for all intents and purposes, exonerated of any of the wrongdoing. Yeah. Uh, there's also further information where he's gotten all these text messages from her to another person describing how she was going to set him up and take mm. his money and... Damaging stuff for uh, the the girl in all of this. So I guess it begs the question, like, do we see a Trevor Bauer sighting next year in the majors? Like, if you're a team right now, what's your what's your problem w- with the player? Apart from, like, I know you don't like the individual. You just, yeah. you just he rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to lie. When listening to him, he kind of rubs me the wrong way as well. However, if you're a team that, for whatever reason, maybe he doesn't, What's stopping a team from kicking the tires? A, a super low prove-it contract. Right. The guy, if he's on his game, he's a number one or, or worse, a number two mm-hmm. on a major league roster. Yes. I Listen, Jamie, I agree with, with everything you just said, starting with he rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. But you're right. So you you do the same research because he's, do, he's done this all. He's provided the receipts. Yeah. So then you do the same research mm-hmm. before you say one year flyer. Oh, 100%. No, I'm not one saying. Year deal. Yeah. You're not one doing deal. like uh, the oh, I believe you. No, you're Veteran like, hey, Trevor, minimum. you, your agent, come sit down, give us the uh, PowerPoint presentation of everything that happened here. We'd yeah. like the court documents as well, all this stuff. Right. You want to make damn sure that you're not getting a horrible human being. Yes. But if he isn't a horrible human being and everything does check out, I, do you, can you even imagine a world where the Cardinals kick the tires on this guy? Because it would no. be the low risk, mm-hmm. 
with the the low money because you know Trevor Bauer probably signed for a million bucks right now. Yeah, I don't think they would, but yeah. Is it totally out of play? Yeah. Okay. I think for them, I don't think it's totally out of play for another major league team. Yeah, I don't know. I look at Trevor, but I don't know enough about him off the field apart from what has already been put out there. Um, but he kind of seems like the guy that has some sandpaper to him as mm-hmm. well. Like maybe too much. Maybe that's problematic. The talent is there, regardless of what he did last year in Japan or whatever. Who knows how invested he was in that? Like, yeah, it's just different. I, don't know. I find it intriguing nonetheless, and uh, based on the fact that everything checks out, even though he may not be my cup of tea, I kind of feel bad that he had to go through all that. Mm. Question number three. From the 636, what is the biggest shocker? City being number one in the conference or the Cards losing 90 games this year? Wow. I mean, both both surprises. One great, one horrible. But I, if somebody were to say to me at the start of the season the St. Louis Cardinals will finish dead last in the National League Central, not endure, and not have, like, Arnado, Goldschmidt, uh, you know, Wilson Contreras be on the IL virtually all season. I'm talking about all season. And they still finish in dead last, and, you know, they're a 90-loss team. I I would say no way. Absolutely not. No. So I got to go with the Cardinals. If somebody were to say to me, you know, City, hey, what if City built a team – that is unlike a lot of what MLS teams are built like right now, and they play in a st- with, with a style in, that does not match a lot of what MLS does. They're, they're kind of zigging while everybody's zagging, and they they have a great first season. I would believe that more than the Cardinals finishing with 90 losses and in dead last in NL Central. Yeah, I would Historically agree. Historically bad season. I would agree with that. Nobody saw this coming. No. Question number four. Guys, it was announced that NBC averaged 27 million viewers, making it the most watched show since the Super Bowl, that Chiefs-Jets game last night, Sunday Night Football. We get a text from the 314. Are the Chiefs becoming the most unbearable team to watch because of Taylor Swift? It's, okay, so it's getting to be a bit much jamie loves taylor swift it's getting to be a bit much Mm. that there's more coverage of taylor swift and the people that are going to the games than focusing on maybe certain parts of the game however i understand why as the nfl this is a massive marketing opportunity for them it's a great way to globally be put on the map because as much as we love nfl football and there are maybe some countries over in europe that kind of like it globally it's not really recognized in a lot of places like in asia and and like all that like nope russia nope like yeah they don't really care at all Mm -hmm. so i think that if nothing else it's it's creating eyeballs to their product from all over the place I, th- I would hope that in the coming weeks that it kind of dies down a little bit. Just, okay, Taylor Swift's in the building. Like, okay, great. There are a lot of guys that have famous spouses, mm-hmm. and uh, they get some attention, and then it kind of goes away. Yeah. Does it go away with Taylor Swift? I don't know. Does it ever become normal? I don't know. 
I, I can't. I, it's a bit much. I can't say it is a bit much, but I can't say that it. it I have found them annoying. Not yet. Like watching. Yeah, it might happen. Like watching them last night and a couple of cutaways to Taylor Swift. I, I was not annoyed. I enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play. Now he's a little sloppy last night, but I enjoy watching him. I'll tell you the other guy I'd I really like. I'd much rather too. them, you know, fading away to Taylor Swift than like Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> yes, good call. <laughs> now that, yeah. Now yeah. If, if, they've you're right, they've gotten more likable. Yeah. With the off field stuff. Yeah, if yeah. Jackson Mahomes is up in that suite one week and doing TikToks with Taylor yeah, Swift, I no. think we're done here. Good call. Good call on that. Yeah. Um yeah, I I like watching the Chiefs play. The other player that I really like, you know, Kelsey Mahomes. I love watching Isaiah Pacheco run. Mm-hmm. That guy's a beast. I love watching him run. He is so quick, and the vision that he shows, the touchdown run that he had last night was was insane. I love watching him play, and I love Andy Reid. I got no problem with it yet. I'll, let's check back in a moment. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. It, it's not annoying yet. No, not yet. I don't expect her to go to every single game, too, like when they're playing some well, be a terrible too, team, right? even though they've played two terrible teams in a row. Yeah. But uh, I think if you're the NFL, you you, you latch onto this and you, you keep doing it. I think what I found interesting over the weekend was uh, obviously Donna Kelsey, who's Travis and um, Jason Kelsey's mom. She's, you know, becoming big just from last year's Super Bowl and yeah. whatnot. And um, her being with Taylor Swift. I feel like Fox knew that, or well, that she would be at Jason's game, mm-hmm. and so State Farm had Jake from State Farm yeah. sitting yes. next to her. I Basically, anytime she went on the television screen, State Farm was getting free advertising, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. so they're gonna start. They're gonna start uh, placing people. Yeah. All gonna be placement. head to toe with like a Budweiser suit on, <laughs> talking to Mama Kelsey. <laughs> Standing next to Taylor Swift. Unbelievable. Here, buddy, we'll give you 100000 to wear yeah. this, like, suit. Right. <laughs> wow. We should get a Clear It Camp uh, uh, yeah, boy, right clear next it to camp. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Clear It Camp. Yep, exactly. Then we'll get this thing cooking. Yep. We'll have, like, a million With people Taylor sign Swift up. Not even know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be out there clearing it with like, you know. You can do anything you want at that point. You go out there in your tennis shoes. It doesn't matter. Hey, this is what I'm doing today. We're going to clear it, huh? Let's clear this puck out of here. All the pucks will be gold. Oh, yeah. From all the all I'll just I'll just play Taylor Swift's albums on on repeat. Got a bunch of Dave Matthews band uh, CDs. The Taylor Swift's era. Each song is a different clear camp drill. <laughs> Whenever I play this song, this is the drill we yeah, do automatically. It's a theme. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> this is silly. Now Jamie's in. Kyle Hebert next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we head to our celebrity line. We're joined by Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC. And uh, Kyle, congratulations. If the last couple of times that we've had John, you know, it's congratulations have been in order, but you guys just clinched the top seed in the conference, man. Tell me what the 
what the environment was like following the uh, the, the clinching. Yeah, I mean, we actually clinched last night after the uh, LAFC lost to Real Salt Lake. And so right after LAFC lost, someone messaged in their players' group chat. I guess they weren't sure. They just messaged, hey, did we just win the West? And then Faust <laughs> was like, yeah, we just won the West. And so, I mean, the mood was – I think it was one of those things we knew was coming, but as uh, as athletes, you're kind of banned from, from talking about it until it's cemented in stone. Sure. So – the win against Sporting KC was was widely celebrated. Um, you know, beat them in the derby two games to one, and and then that really put us in the position to be you know able to be in that spot. So when LAFC drop points, you know, we would win the West. Kyle, I guess I'm not surprised. I feel like you guys have just steadily gone about your business since day one, and it has been you guys have almost been like an unassuming uh, club. But when it comes to the style of play. Did did you guys feel as though the the more games that you that you played that your style was going to set you guys up to potentially win this conference? Did you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I always had faith in the team and in the style. I think uh, there was there was a confidence that we would be a playoff team. I think throughout the club, but then there was also a sense of uncertainty in terms of what what was this style, like how effective was it going to be over time? And uh, it's just proven itself time and time again, and it's been so exciting to be a part of that. How great does it feel for you guys right now? I Look, the season's not over yet. You still have work to do. But I was going through some predictions from national people and sport or soccer representatives. How'd that, how'd that turn out? Yeah, they, had to, they did not believe in you guys, uh, prior to the season beginning. So you guys as a group of players and staff and everybody involved, I mean, how great does this feel? Yeah, I mean, it feels incredible. As a competitor, there's nothing you love more than proving people wrong. You know, so to have that doubt fueling us the whole time, we loved it. And we uh, we prided ourselves in, in training, competing hard, because we knew that, you know, that was there, where whenever we would slip, even throughout the season, whenever we would slip, you know, there would always be someone saying, oh, you know, maybe the style really doesn't work or maybe this team really isn't as good as we thought. But, you know, every team loses games throughout a 34-game season, um, and we always were able to respond, and that was huge. So what is Bradley Carnell's words of advice right now? Because you guys, having the West locked up, you still have games remaining. Uh, You still have lots of training to be done as well as a group. You know, what's kind of the strategy or the message coming from the coaching staff right now? Yeah, I mean, he, he hit us with something that he had said earlier in the year. He said, look, no one believes in us. They all think we're going to be last. You know, play free. Be free. There's no uh, no expectations on us. And then once we had all those wins in the bag, we were top of the West for a good portion of the year. You know, he's saying just play and be free. You know, enjoy your football. Enjoy the style. And now with the last couple of games, you know, we want to, you know, be competing in those games. We want to be competing in training because – we know we've got bigger goals in mind, but there's also a sense of freedom coming with, yeah, we've locked up the West. We took care of that with two games in hand. How challenging it is, is it as a group, Kyle, to not look too far ahead? Because you guys having the Western Conference wrapped up, you still have a couple of games, and you know you don't want bad habits leaking in. You don't want poor effort in training. So how hard is that right now as a group to stay focused? 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think we've got a really good group for that. That starts internally, and that that internal competition and training. And so that's something where I know a lot of guys are attuned to who have played at a high level. That you know they really don't let you know any type of complacency start to creep in, and that's really our trainings and you know th- those standards. That's what drives us in the games. Kyle Heber joining us from St. Louis City SC. Kyle, without uh, without giving away any trade you know secrets here, what is the thing that you feel as though gives opponents the most issues, the most trouble when it comes to facing you guys? Yeah, I mean, I would say just the ability, you know, with a multitude of different pressing styles to take away time and space. So previously, you know, if you had two seconds or three seconds to make a decision. Now you've got that time cut in half. Or if you had, you know, five yards or 10 yards of separation, when you find the ball to turn and make a pass, now you've only got two or three. And so that's something where you're just, you're just minimizing the opponent's time and you're minimizing their space. And that's forcing, you know, teams to really be sharp if they want to play through our press. Kyle, how, uh, how important is it for you guys? You know, look, winning the Western Conference is, is great. That's a massive accomplishment. Certainly everybody's proud of that. But how important is it for you guys to have that home pitch advantage now in the playoffs, all but in the MLS Cup? Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've talked about this so many times this year, how big our fans are for us and how really the biggest thing that I've noticed is once you score one goal and the play starts erupting, you know, how the opponent, it, uh, it feels like there's even less time and even less space. And you saw that again on Saturday night. You know, we score one, and then we turn over a ball high up the pitch, score another, a third, a fourth. And, I mean, the game gets out of hand for Sporting KC really quick. And so we're hopeful, you know, in those home games, can we be the team on the front foot to score first and then build off the crowd's momentum and energy and go for two and three and four. Kyle, great stuff, man. Again, congratulations. I know more work uh, has has got to be done here, and uh, we're looking forward to watching you guys moving forward here. This has been just a remarkable season, but again, I know it's not over with. So thanks for joining us. Okay, no, thank you very much, fellas. Take care. That's Kyle Hebert here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Uh, again, we, we talked about it earlier. It is remarkable. It's absolutely, it it's, it's unprecedented is the words you use, and you're absolutely right. At what point does City SC start to give us credit? Like, the fast. Wow, that's um okay, so I think I think some people may be wondering in what way. Yeah. Well, just anyway. Well, yeah. well, why? I know I know why. I have a good one. Yeah. Anthony specifically told Kyle to go into that locker that's room right. and yeah. say the quicker you score, the better you're going to be. Yeah. And that's true. I told him that in like what, April? I mean, that was a while ago. Well, you told him to bring that to Bradley Carnell. Yeah. I did, yeah. And, you know, knowing Kyle, he absolutely did. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely did it, for sure. I like to vision, uh, first of all, Marsh, great point. I yeah. like to vision Kyle in that moment um, as Bradley Carnell is breaking, breaking down yeah. like a play or formation or, the you know, hey, this is the game plan this mm-hmm. week. Kyle putting his hand up, but not even waiting for coach to, to look at him, but him standing up yeah. and saying, hey, got a little nugget. Mm-hmm. When we score first, we win. And then just sitting back down, and then some like there is a hush over the locker room mm-hmm. until it's, it's like wow. Until it's pro- and it's probably in my in, in my vision, it's probably Roman Berkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, visions are great. Oh, you think he's the first one? Yeah. Oh, I picture the Klausdale. 
because he's been gone for most of the season. He Either way, up. he's got that fresh haircut going. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, yes, Kyle. Kyle's I, right. Yes, Kyle. Let's go. Ah! I like to picture my city SC. <laughs> Bradley Carl's like I did. I didn't go over anything. <laughs> I, I like to picture my city SC instead of walking out of the locker room and touching a believe sign mm. it's actually anthony stalter's face well us and the fast lane i, I yeah, like to picture I mean, yours is bigger us. than ours your head is bigger than ours thank you well, on one, the picture one part of it appreciate you yeah <laughs> thank you Marshall. hold on now jamie what uh nothing uh, no, anyways. Finish. yeah <laughs> Anyways, they're just smack. They're just smacking our faces as yeah, they, they walk are. out to to beat Sporting KC four to one. I don't care. Whatever it takes for them to yeah, win. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, if you want them smacking me in the face, whatever you want, I'm here well, for. Well, it's better than Anthony smacking himself in the face. That's a good point. Might as well have other people do it. Yeah, what if we stood there and actually just let them smack us in the face on the way up to the field? If it helps them win, that's what I'm talking then, about. You know, hey, um, and we get you know a piece of the winnings. Sure. You need the winnings, or is the winning just not enough for you? The winning is absolutely uh, great. Okay. The winning, the, it's the winnings and the winning. Uh-huh. You know. It's, Who do you it, think it takes really it too goes. far? Like who's Plossdale. the You think it's him? Yeah. I don't know. I think he's got respect. I think he'd be like, ah, you know, smack. To me, it's like somebody that you just don't expect. All of a sudden, he's like, probably high schooler. Full weight transfer. Yeah. A brawl in the tunnel, and then after they win, like the three of us, are like, hey, hey, come here, we all celebrate. Yeah, now it's my turn. Now it's my turn. <laughs> yep, close Boy, the we, door, lock it. We really <laughs> laid this out perfectly, I think. The gauntlet is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and we welcome in Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, I want to thank you for getting me out of uh, cleaning the garage at least for 15 minutes. Yeah, no problem, Mike. Your secret is safe with us, buddy. No problem. (laughs) Is this your first time in the gauntlet, or have you uh, been here before? I took on Randy, uh, Megamind, and lost by one, but uh, a long-time listener, but this is my first gauntlet. Well, we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you playing today. Jamie, did you want to say something? thanks. No, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to ask Mike, what's the one thing about cleaning the garage that he hates the most? Because we uh, all have one thing that's like, ugh. Taking everything out and putting it all back in. Yeah. yeah. You have to do the blowing thing. So, yeah. blowing. Well, never mind. I, sh- I got to stop myself there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're all right, buddy. Um, I uh, almost walked off the plank before I lost it. Go- I'm not. I'm gonna be confident. I'll win it. There you go. <laughs> uh, I always, I always hate when like you've got everything nice and organized, and then you look and you still have like most of your driveway is still stuff, and you're like, where am I gonna put this? Mm. This exactly. This is not easier great. taken out than put back in. That's right. All right, Mike. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me today? 
I think I'm going to go with Andrew since he got me off the hook, at least for 15 minutes. All right, there you go, Marshy. All right, let's do it, Nice. He said Andrew. I'm almost like, who's Andrew? Ah, Andrew Marsh. (laughs) That's right, Marshy. Okay, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Hey, Marshy, spin that wheel. What are we hoping for, Mike? Oh, I would like, uh, I guess, hockey and... Everything else is a crapshoot. Okay. Wow. So now, now I'll get smoked at hockey. You're a big hockey guy, huh, Mike? Yeah, I've been following since uh, 1968. Oh. Red Barons and six goals in one game, November 7th, 1968, I believe. Oh, I love it. Well, guess what, Mike? You got hockey, my friend. Holy cow. Yep. You. Very few now times. I'm gonna, now I'm going to embarrass myself if no, I blow it. No, you're not. Now, I will say this. Marshy is a formidable opponent in hockey, so this could be a heavyweight tilt. (laughs) Oh, if I get one, I'll be happy, but let's go. You'll do great. All right, here we go, Mike. Question number one. Last season, the Blues acquired Zach Dean in a trade with which team? The Blues acquired Zach Dean last season in a trade with which team? Uh, I need the options, please. Toronto Maple Leafs. Vegas Golden Knights, New York Rangers. I'm going to say the Leafs. Final answer? Yep. Final answer. All right, Mike, question number two. In 2007, the Blues drafted David Perron in which round of the NHL draft? I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. I need the options just to make sure. Thanks. Was it? The first round, second round, or third round? I was thinking another number. Oh, I'm really nervous after these two. I'll say, uh, I'll say the uh, third round. I was leaning towards the high end. Third, third, final answer. Thank you. Question number three. After his first six seasons with the Blues, David Perron played on which team for two seasons? After his first six seasons with the Blues, David Perron played on which team for... Two seasons. Options. Pittsburgh Penguins, Edmonton Oilers, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Penguins. Final answer. All right, Mike. Last question. Question number four. When the Blues acquired Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo, they traded Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, and who else to the Buffalo Sabres. Holy cow, you guys are smoking me. I need the options, please. All right. Was it Yori Laterra, Vladimir Sabotka, or Ryan Reeves? Sabotka. Final answer? Yes, final answer. All right. All right, we'll welcome in Andrew Marsh. Uh, we got to wave him in. He's not in here yet, Andrew. Yeah, welcome, wave. You welcome him when he comes through the door. Okay. So now we welcome Andrew back into the studio. Kind of nitpicking me a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, You're keeping him on my toes. I'm feeling like I'm making you better. That's all. I appreciate that, Jamie. You're welcome. Yeah, you do that a lot. So do you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Marsh. Yes. Are you ready? I am ready. I can let you. Okay. Your category is hockey. Your category is hockey. Okay. Last season, the Blues acquired Zach Dean in a trade with which team? The Vegas Golden Knights. Final answer. 
Okay. Question two. In 2007, the Blues drafted David Perron in which round of the NHL draft? Mm. Was he a first rounder? Oh. I'm going to, I think maybe he was a second round pick. Let's go, let's go second round. Final answer. Question three. After his first six seasons with the Blues, David Perron played on which team for two seasons? All right. So he went to, so he played on Pittsburgh. He played on Edmonton. He played on Anaheim. I think it was Anaheim. But which team did he go to right after? So it was right after his first stint? Yes. I believe it was Edmonton. So I'll go with the Oilers. Final answer. Final question of the day. When the Blues acquired Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo, they traded Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, and who else to the Sabres? Vladimir Sabotka. Final answer. Okay. Uh, let's go over this. In 2007, the Blues drafted David Perron in which round of the NHL draft? Mike, you said the third round. Marsh, you said the second round. Correct answer is... Oh, Whitesgates was picked in the first First rounder. He's a first rounder. 0-0. That is as close as it's going to get. When the Blues acquired (laughs) Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo, they traded Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, and who else to the Sabres? Mike, you said Vladimir Vladimir Saboka. Marsh, you also said Vladimir Saboka. Correct answer is... It was in fact... Vladimir Sabotka. Marsh did not need the option, so Marsh is a 2-1 lead over Mike. Last season, the Blues acquired Zach Dean in a trade with which team? Mike, you said the Toronto Maple Leafs. Marsh, you said the Vegas Golden Knights. Correct answer is... Viva Las Vegas! And Marsh didn't need the options, so Marsh has a 4-1 lead over Mike. After his first six seasons with the Blues, David Braun played on which team for two seasons? Mike, you said the Pittsburgh Penguins. Marsh, you said the Edmonton Oilers. Correct answer is... It was the Edmonton Oilers. Marsh did not need the options on that. He scored six. Mike scored one. Mike? You have chosen poorly. You lose! Not today! <laughs> At least Marsh got you out of cleaning the garage, though, my man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. I'm not <laughs> Hey, thanks for hey, listening. Listen, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm not going to the doghouse. I'm going back to the garage. Thanks, there you go. There you go. There you go. Have a good one, thanks, Mike. Mike. We'll see yeah, you. Too. Good job, thanks. Mike. Bye now. All right. Nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah, nice guy. Yep, Marsh. Nice guy. <laughs> you, had to, you had to do it. <laughs> Kiss of death. Yeah. Nice guy. You know that Marshy's going to just put him in a body oh, bag. Yeah. <laughs> It never fails. Yep. Hey, attention, Scott Air Force Base. For service members, their families, and anyone currently on base, you can join us, the Fast Lane, this Thursday for a special military appreciation live broadcast. It's from 2 to 6. We love this broadcast. We love going out to Scott Air Force Base. We'll be out there from 2 to 6. It's a special Fast Lane military appreciation live broadcast again this Thursday from 2 to 6 on base at the exchange at Scott Air Force Base. If you've seen us out there before, uh, usually we, you know, sometimes we've been outside uh, recently. I think we've been mostly inside right there at the exchange on at, at Scott, Scott Air Force Base. It's all brought to you by Budweiser and Air Comfort Service Heating and Cooling. So we'll be doing live broadcasts out there. Really looking forward to heading out to Scott Air Force Base on Thursday. I mentioned this in the break. We have not lost a gauntlet since 
September 8th. We've been on a bit of a heater. A little bit. Remember when all those people were saying, you guys stink at the yes. gauntlet? Yeah. You're awful. Mm-hmm. Give up. Well, we didn't. We didn't we give didn't. up. I mean, we no. may have given out 10 gauntlet trophies. Sure. But not lately. I no. feel like it took us a while to get used to the 2.0 version. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's usually adversity first mm-hmm. when you do something like That's that. That's right. It's a transition. I feel like we've been doing pretty good here. I lately. agree. We are the 2021 St. Louis Cardinals. There's no doubt. Ooh. Are we? Oh, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. A run in September? Yeah. Haven't lost in who knows how long. Well, we will probably uh, now that it's October. Did Ollie Marvel win you back in 2024? Your mic drops next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yesterday, before the game, Ali Marmel, before the season finale for the Cardinals, Ali Marmel addressed the media and he said, we win. That's what we do here, Marmel said. I don't mind fans being mad. They should be. They should be extremely frustrated and pissed. You should call for my head. All of that is part of sport. You're a fan. You're fanatical about your team and you live and die by wins and losses. When you don't win, you should be mad at me. I would hate to do this at a place where you lose and nobody cares. I want no part of that. The adrenaline of knowing there's a responsibility to carry out every day and the fans expect you to win, that is what wakes you up. Otherwise, what are we doing? We asked for your mic drops on whether or not Ollie kind of pulled you back a little bit, won you over just at at the end there, just a little bit. Here's Steven. As far as Ollie, yeah, those are very interesting comments, weren't they? Uh, it makes you wonder: Was was Mo whispering in his ear? Is Mo, you know, throwing people under the bus, uh, using Ollie as a proxy? Uh, is Ollie going rogue like Schilt did? Well, you see how it worked out for him and a Rosarena and uh, Fam, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, Ollie doesn't have enough cachet to step out and start barking this crap out. If you take away last year, which is looking more like an aberration every every minute, uh, without all those people here, Ali doesn't have he doesn't have enough steam to step out there and start calling out what sound like a good portion of his roster. All this does is it adds to the dysfunctional element that he and his pitching staff started earlier this year. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who this guy thinks he is, but. Uh, Man, he, he better just be on point, just like Mo and the rest of them are. Every single one of them can receive their pink slip at the same time. Just so sick of this bull crap. So a couple things to, to unpack there is, you know, look, I think ultimately, I think this is who Ollie Marmel is. I think that this is what he, he always wanted for this team, was to have a team of, you know, wild dogs that get out there and just can't wait to play and give up everything to to play every day and do everything it takes to help the team win. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, sometimes you're handed a roster doesn't have all of that. And so I think that that was a double-edged comment from Ollie there. One, kind of a warning to his team and the players of this is what the expectations are. Mm-hmm. And two, hey, front office, you better fix my problem Yeah, type thing. You know who we're talking about. Hey, Mo, you know who I'm talking about. You better fix my problem. 
Yeah, so I read that earlier, but I didn't read it in this this part. It's winning a championship. You start by weeding those out, and what he's saying is we, weeding those players out. Yeah, he's got no control of the roster. So you're right, Jamie. There's there's a little bit of a, hey, this is one of the things that that I need moving forward. I'm sure he has disclosed that behind closed doors too, but it's a little different when you do it publicly. I don't blame him for doing that. He's going into the final year of his of his contract. He knows he's everything's on the line for him too. His job is on the line next year. This was embarrassing for the front office, for the players, for him, his coaching staff. You don't want to be in this spot again. It's awful. So what steps do you need to take in order to make sure that you don't have that again? Well, one of it is let's weed out some of these players that don't buy into the culture. So I agree with you, Jamie, in that Ollie is saying that to his front office too. Let's hear from Mike next. The entire year, I've neither been for nor against Ollie. I think it's very difficult to determine if Ollie is a good manager or not because he's handed a script, for lack of better words, each day at the uh, what is it, the two o'clock meetings. So uh, I think, given the opportunity to manage men and not just read the stats and be given the opportunity to use the stats as a tool and not the end-all, be-all that maybe he will be more successful next year and not just uh, a robot. That's all I got. Love the show and hope for a winning year next year. And let's go Blues. Thanks, Mike. Uh, good mic drop there. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, I see what you did there. Yeah, Mike, mic drop. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even – actually, I didn't even intend to. Really? Yeah. I'm nope. going to take the credit. Let's um, – Jamie, let's look at the playoff teams, okay? Orioles, Rays, Blue Jays, Twins – Astros, Rangers, that's in the American League. Braves, Brewers, Phillies, Marlins, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Those are the teams that that clinched the playoffs this year. Which manager got the most out of his talent? Because the Astros are loaded. The Rangers are loaded. The Braves (laughs) are loaded. There's one guy that probably got the most out of his talent, and I know where you're going with this. I think there's two. Lisa's going to love it. Lisa's going to love this one, yeah. Skip Schumacher. Yep. Nobody had them. Nobody had them as a playoff team. No. Not that I know of, anyways. I did. Did you? Did I you? I did. I had them as the final wild card team. Good for I you. need receipts. I need receipts. He's okay. got them. Hang on. Give me a second. I know He's he got has, the receipts. Anthony, that's the that's the the joke here. Is Marshy has uh, the, the receipts? He's got everything. everything. He's got everything. <laughs> the, the Marlins. The Marlins are one. And yes, they've got pitching. And yes, they got some sporadic talent. But. He he got the most out of that that group. I don't think there's so any question Diamond about backs, it. Too. The Diamondbacks were the other team that I was going to highlight. What about the what, Orioles? See, the Orioles, they I were think, promising last year, and they had a good push at the end. But I don't know if anybody pegged them to be the best team in the American League. Nobody pegged them to be the American League, uh, the number one, the number one seed. No, I, I agree with that. But a lot of people thought the Orioles are a playoff team, and it came it came together. Otherwise, Toronto's got a loaded roster. Houston's got a loaded roster. Texas, same thing. Atlanta, Philadelphia, same deal. Milwaukee, as we know, has got the pitching, and they always come through offensively in the regular season. We'll see about in the postseason. The Dodgers, I thought this was Dave Roberts' best job. This is the best job Dave Roberts has done. Did did you see the pitchers that they had to go through just to win 100 games this year? They didn't have Walker Bueller all year. Julio Urias, before his second off-field incident that took him away from the club and they kicked him out and good for them he wasn't pitching great his second half he started to turn around and then boom he had another 
incident off the field. Yeah, he's done. But you look at that Dodgers lineup, yes, the top is loaded. When you've got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Max Muncy and Will Smith, hey, you're better than most. You get down lower than that, Chris Taylor wasn't great this year. They had Jason Hayward starting a bunch of games, James Outman, guys that kind of like just stepped up. This is the this is the best job. 100 wins for that team this year? This is the best job I think Dave Dave Roberts has done. Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're talking about. I do, but I still look at the Dodgers as a loaded roster that, you know. Again, you start off with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. It's like, that's, ah. That's where you lose me. Not sure. you, but just overall you lose me on, oh, he did the best job. He, yeah. Really? You also have, like, really good players, a high payroll. Yeah, you're missing a few guys. You had some controversy. But I'm sure most managers would rather be in that position than to be handed the Marlins and say, hey, go get me a playoff spot. No, I, I, complete, <laughs> I completely agree. When you look at the Cardinals lineup on paper against the Dodgers lineup on paper, top to bottom, yeah, I think it's closer. You may still say Dodgers because of those because of the top guys, but it's a lot closer than you think. But, Jamie, when you go to the pitching. That's what I was, but wait a minute. Clayton Kershaw. Through 131 and two-thirds innings. He led the Dodgers in innings this year. Bobby Miller, 124 and a third. Urias, 117 and a third. Tony Gonsolin, fantastic a year ago. Banged up this year, 103 innings. Michael Grove, 69 innings. Lance Lynn came came over in the deal. He, th- he threw 64 for the Dodgers. They... they patch this thing together this season from a pitching standpoint. So if you're kind of against Ali or against like, hey, no credit at all, I'm not giving him a break because of the pitching, you could point to the Dodgers and say, well, Dave Roberts kind of mixed and matched and did all right. So this is a big this is a big offseason for for the front office and then obviously next year is a big it's a big season for Ollie. What you missed, criticisms, compliments ahead of uh, tonight's Blues pregame next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you miss anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app, brought to you by Dobbs Tyron Auto Centers. Talk to Kyle Hebert about St. Louis City SC clinching the top seed in the Western Conference. Uh, we also discussed Adam Waderwright's big weekend and some of the highlights there. Talked about Ali Marmel's comments about how, you know, losing is unacceptable uh, in St. Louis and the fans should be ticked. Asked whether or not. You know, he won you over just a, a little bit. NFL Pick'em Challenge, as well as some college football week five and NFL week four quick hitters, and we played narrative or reality today. We Good sure stuff. did. Yeah, we appreciate you tuned into the Air Alliance team YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL, and we will be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We got Blues pregame starting at 5 tonight. Blues Blue Jackets pregame starting at 5, so we're off a little earlier. Marsh, you got some criticisms or compliments? Yeah, we do. Uh, from the 314, the puppy named after the Blues mascot was cool. Louie may be the first, but he's not the most handsome. So a little ricochet shot for Louie. Oh, no. Not Adam, not Adam Wainwright's dog, but the Blues mascot. Yeah. What, uh, okay, a couple of things. One, 
Louie is a fantastic mascot no for doubt. the Blues. He does an incredible job. Uh, the kids absolutely love Louie. Mm-hmm. His, his good friends call him Bluey. No, they don't. But oh. either way, Anthony, uh, I don't know why Louie has to be uh, drug into this. Yeah, Just don't shouldn't. get it. He shouldn't have to. No. No. Does fine work. Really no, fine work. No, it's not fine. It's great. Does great work. Thank Does you. Does great fine work. Oh, boy. No, he's awesome. Uh, this one is from Adam. I heard you guys are going to be broadcasting live from Scott on Thursday, which is awesome. I'm actually scheduled to be home tomorrow. It's been nice listening to you guys while I've been gone. It gives me a taste of home. Hopefully I can make it to your broadcast on Thursday and see it. I appreciate you guys. Well, I'm assuming that you're serving right now, so thank you for your, your service. That's fantastic. Yeah, stop on, say hello. Yeah, we're going to be right there at Scott Air Force Base. It's, so it's one of our, we do, you know, we do remotes throughout the course of the year. This is one of our favorite because we have an opportunity to give, you know, give thanks to our, our men and women in the military. It's our Military Appreciation Live broadcast Thursday from 2 to 6 at Scott Air Force Base. Uh, Jamie, I always say this. I say this every year. I say it multiple times, and I'll say it on Thursday, too. Uh, I'm always blown away by some of the men and women that, that are on base to come up to us and say thank you. Like, nope, time out. Mm-mm. Yeah, no Thank kidding, you. right? You always feel weird when you hear that yeah. from, from our military men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what the hell are we doing? No, we do nothing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're idiots. Yep. On the radio talking about getting slapped in the face before a soccer game. Yeah. Yeah, no. But thank no, you thank is to you. the, you're the doing, military men and women who do what they do. You're doing the real stuff, no doubt. From the 636 LOL. Blank this Toy Story nonsense. Anthony Stalter, 10 a.m. yesterday. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, not I, true at all. Well, Anthony Stalter at 10 a.m. yesterday is we need more of these Toy Story games. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you when it turned, guys. I'll tell you when it turned. So the kids were watching the game with me. They were locked in. I was going over football. I was going over the the downs. You know how many? I, I didn't say downs as much as the tries. You get four tries, and I was telling them about the 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 yellow line there and the slinky dog. So it was perfect. The kid, the, all three kids were locked in. Even the little guy. Even Lincoln was locked Lincoln? in. Lincoln? Yes, he was locked in too. When it turned was when they started to lose interest just a little bit. Mm. The feed started to break up. Mm. And Desmond Ritter threw back-to-back picks. Did the kids laugh? Well, Killian started to root for the Jaguars. Smart kid. <laughs> Did you Wait, he started stop. for the Jaguars. Were you trying to force your kids I to was be not, Falcons fans? N- of Mark, course not. You heard not. that, right? He, says no. he started to cheer Hold for the on. Jaguars. That's that is a, awesome. That's that would abuse. mean he would have had to have cheered for the Falcons to begin with. That, Why would you do that to your children? I would never. Look, I'm a, I'm a crappy human being. I would never well, put that on my kids. I wouldn't go that far. I would never tell them to be Falcons fans, ever. No. He started off neutral. Off then he started to root for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah, he's a smart kid. Maddie, knowing Dad likes the Falcons, Maddie was rooting for the Falcons until it was 17-0. Then she said, I'm flipping to the Jaguars. Children are smart. What about Lincoln? How did he feel about the whole thing? Uh, he didn't color on the couch, so I thought that was just a win overall. That is a win. Yeah. That's a bonus. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if he did color on the couch... It'd probably be in teal and black. That's what I yeah. was wondering. Mm-hmm. Well done. <laughs> well done. All right, last one here, guys. Uh, we mentioned the gauntlet. We've been pretty good in the gauntlet as of late. From the 636, Venomgate brought this team together. It did. Oh, it totally did. That's a great text. 
Yeah, good call on that. That was when we had, uh, we had well, that's when we all got fired there for a while. Well, Grant yeah. got fired, and we and just we we got to, told to stop playing the gauntlet. Yeah, nix the gauntlet because we're getting yep. too many complaints. Hmm. Yeah. It all came, it, you know, it all came out it in the did. wash. We're good. We came together. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Everybody's feeling better about Synergy it. SynergyHockeySkills.com, mm-hmm. you know. Let you know about that clear camp when Jamie adds to the roster. We got Blues hockey for you. Blues, Blue Jackets, pregame. Starting at 5 o'clock, so in five minutes you'll hear from Alex Ferrario and Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale, and we'll have the game for you. Uh, Phillies and Marlins, game one tomorrow, pregame starting at 6.30. We also have that same game, game two, on Wednesday. So we've got some baseball coming up too, playoff baseball. Weird, weird without the Cardinals in it. Doesn't have the same, doesn't have the same luster, Jamie. Well, a couple of games anyways, right? Yeah, absolutely. Without the Cardinals. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, well said. I'm Anthony Stalter. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.